Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. And welcome everyone to MotorWeek Podcast number 131. I'm John Davis, and joining me around our table today is our writer-producer, Brian Robinson. Hello, John. Our road test producer, Ben Davis. In the house. And our writer, Patrick Lucas. Also in the house. All three key members of our MotorWeek road test team. In fact, they make up most of the opinions that you see on MotorWeek these days. Blame so it we, got on a, us. we got a good group, <laughs> and uh, we'll have a lightning round, a viewer question. We'll see if anybody's got a rant and rave. But first, we're going to uh, start off with a couple of trucks. That's uh, the first one is a 2016 Chevrolet Silverado 2500 diesel that we recently had in. So I'll open it up. This is, um, I guess, this is was this the first of the HDs of the new Silverado? No. Races? No, that was technically a, 15. So, was it when it was read? But did we have one in? I don't remember. No, we did not okay. have a 15. So this is the first of the HD revival that we had actually Correct, tested. which was not all new. Like the 1500 was right. pretty much all new. Uh, the 1500 basically just got some new bodywork and uh, obviously and it, a new interior. But. Yeah, but it wasn't. The, it's not the same interior as the 1500, I don't, was it? No, it's not, but yeah. I'm saying that... That was pretty much all that was new to the heavy duties in 15. It wasn't an all-new truck. Yeah. Like the light duty was all new I guess there's, in 14. Uh, yeah, I guess there's one coming. Anyway, this was the uh, this was diesel. So this had the, um, uh, the V8 diesel in it. Correct. Comments? What would you think? I mean, everybody's always comparing uh, these to the... To Ram and the Cummins. I tell you, now you got to compare it to the... Um Titan XD, really, even though the Titan XD is a 1500, it's and, it's and, a heavy it's 15. It's an in-betweener. It's a betweener. <laughs> yeah. This was the high country model, too, yeah. with all the uh, bells and whistles inside and the upgraded interior. And in my biggest opinion, uh, Chevrolet, they're, in, they're still missing the mark on the interiors for me for the most part. They look a little cheap and feel a little cheap, and this truck was no different for me. You know, for a, for a high country interior, what they call it, I, I was there when they actually unveiled the high country on the 1500. This interior didn't look as good as that did. Well, I think they all look great, but then when you sit in it and start touching things, that's when it really starts to offend yeah. you. Is it the leather not uh, soft enough? Well, it's just the, yeah, everything feels cheap enough. and it doesn't feel durable yeah. at all. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. rockers look cheap, the carpet feels thin. Yeah. And stuff like that. Just everything you can see or touch, especially coming out of the Titan XD, which, in my opinion, was an excellent interior, really well done. It just made it that much more noticeable that the the Chevy was was lacking in that department. And I notice it in Chevys all across the board, really, uh, except for Corvette, which has really stepped up the game. But they'll get it one day or eventually. And it, it, like they're it's they're a, very ergonomical and everything it's you need. Awfully to use nice is riding there. truck. I yeah. thought for a heavy duty. Right, they still nice. have some of the best powertrain in the business for sure. No right, doubt so there. It's, it's a work truck. It's a real work truck. It's not like somebody no, got a real work truck. Oh, all right. I mean, you can get a heavy duty that is, but the high country. No, that's it, that not. might be towing for a work truck if your work is yeah. towing some high end horses or something. Yeah. Like that yeah. yeah, you can get still get the slush mats and the bench tradesmen. Yeah, or no, that's tradesmen. That's uh, any comparison Ram. in your uh, reach back in your mind to like King Ranch or whatever the what's what's the top Ford? Uh, yeah, that's King, King Ranch. Ranch. Still the King Ranch. King Ranch. Yeah. 
King Ranch is a lot nicer inside. I think think King Ranch is nicer too. Oh yeah, yeah. But if you're talking, if you're just talking truck attributes other than interiors, then um, they're all pretty pretty comparable. I like the step bumper in the back of the Chevy. It's kind of unique. It's it's not quite as involved as yeah. the system that Ford like uses that to get up in the bed, yeah. but it's it's foolproof and anybody can use it. I like the Duramax engine. I've, I've always been a fan of it ever since they first came out, and I know we argue back and forth between that and the six-cylinder Dodge, and now I guess we'll be talking about the V8 Cummins, but I do think the Duramax just feels like that's that engine will go all day. So. Yeah, the transmission through the Allison transmission. It's Trans- got the Allison go transmission. Right that, sure. that, that's really a fabulous combination. So if you were in the market today for a real, real heavy-duty truck, you'd still play Silverado behind F-150 and Ram, or has it moved up any? I would probably go Chevy just because the, what they do – the best is powertrain and, and right. platform. And, and They're all so close, man. I, yeah. Just whichever one you get the best. It all blends together. My allegiance would lie with Chevy in that in that market. But, yeah, I probably could be swayed with uh, incentives. <laughs> Horse of a different color is the 2015-16 Ram 1500 Rebel, which even Ram was honest at the beginning and said, basically, this is a trim. This is, this is no Raptor. Right. Uh, still not a bad-looking truck. It's still it. I would call it a little more than a trim because it does offer its uh, its own wheels and it does have a, a lot bigger set of tires. Yeah, like thirty threes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, and I believe the suspension's upgraded, so it's something a, a you know mild off roader would do to the truck. And this way, it's you know all in one package. You can buy it from the dealer, and they did a good job. I I always the Dodge, as far as uh, the the Dodge interior might be my favorite out of all uh, trucks. Well, it's got the best uh, interface anyway. I thought it looked pretty tough for sure, but I thought maybe the guys from Jeep are, were hanging out too much in the interior design studio because they got all the goofy <laughs> little splashing and renegades. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> well, if you know, ironically enough, there must have been an exclusive deal with Toyo because the, the Toyo tires on that truck that match the tread pattern in the seat – Pretty much oh, identically. That was one of the bullet noticed. points on their uh, press yeah, kit. It was, it was, yeah, that was like an exclusive <laughs> trim detail. I thought it was cool looking. Though. It's, it's a, a good looking And job, I think yeah. that's what it's for. I mean, people are going to buy it because it looks cool. They're not necessarily going to use it to go crazy. Uh, the truck itself looks cool. I don't know. The interior, I agree with Robinson's, maybe a little, <laughs> a little targeted to a more youthful buyer that's and not going to have enough cash to, to buy, that truck. buy that truck. <laughs> what do you think about the front end? I mean, that was the single most controversial thing when they showed it, and that front end, I guess, is is heading for other uh, Ram trucks. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I have no love affair with the crosshair grill. Yeah, yeah it looked great blacked yeah, out. Yeah. It looked menacing. I mean, and it, it looks a lot cooler than what they're trying to do with their new limited top trim with that mm-hmm. weird massive chrome grill, which I think they call it the chrome bow tie grill, which is Kind of uh, kind of ugly in my opinion, but I, I thought the Rebel grill was cool and simple and yeah, menacing, it looked a like lot said. better in person than, than when they pull the wraps off. And I, I mean, it sort of does look like a bulldog's lip, but <laughs> I like actually liked it sitting there where you're actually were looking a little a little bit down on yeah. the truck instead of up. I yeah, with the snorkel hood, it, it definitely played off well. Yeah. It's the I haven't seen two tone on a truck that I've liked. Mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> I don't know if you're going on about the Titan XD. That was two tone. You didn't like that one. Oh. Perfect. Don't worry. Perfect Touché. entry. Go save, tell us some more about Save, that, next save that for the next Tone podcast. Next we'll get into the tight next D uh, uh, next time. Newsflash! I like two tone trucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
right. Uh, we had our one car that's up for um, uh, comments today is the 2016 Volkswagen Passat. And frankly, probably about the only thing that's saving Volkswagen dealers at the moment is the Passat uh, with so much controversy about the um, uh, diesels and the um, Golf and et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is the Passat what's the way is is it getting too long in the tooth i mean it is bad it has sales did pick up but i think there was extenuating circumstances nice car passe what well it's it's still a nice car but i think long in the tooth might be a little harsh i think it's i think it's getting too grown up in its styling honestly mm. it's getting too executive Boring. Too sterile, maybe. Yeah, too boring. Boring's a good word. Where, yeah, yeah. It's where, big and roomy, though. Man, that's what it is at. big and roomy. It is, and it has that German interior that looks great. And, and it drives nice. Yeah. yeah. But it's too much like your parents' car, you know what I mean? Whereas Civic, New Malibu, M- uh, MX-6, those are all sporty Sporty four doors, whereas yeah, the Volkswagen is getting very is, grandfatherish. Is it that? I mean, the dash is still based, the basic same kind of almost flat format they've used now for a long time. It is, but they they did tweak the center stack, and now the gauges are exactly the same gauges that are in the GTI. So it is looking a lot more agreeable to me inside. Um, the tech's way up. They're offering tech across all the trim levels with hardly changing the price. So you're getting a lot in that package. If you like that package. I mean, it looks a lot more aggressive <laughs> now that they've got a power dome hood and stuff like this. But still, they're, even though the changes are major from from last year's model, they're still visually minor. Well, I think I, I would certainly just call this a, a, a resurface or a, a mid-cycle refresh. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, my, only, my biggest problem is that while we are in a, an era of fairly – aggressive styling even for family cars they have stuck to their guns which is fine but then now they're actually looking at this vehicle to expand their market and all you have to do is look at their monthly sales figures after they first started making it they were way up and now they're they've uh, they were they're probably back they are back up again but they basically took a huge dip and they didn't seem to address any of the difficulties they just seem to be very slow at coming um you know, helping their vehicles do better in the market. That's all. That's my major complaint. Do you think the fact that it's built in Chattanooga has had a positive effect or a negative effect? I haven't heard anybody complain, and their sales obviously are way up over when they were imported because the prices are down, and it's a roomier car. So I think the chat, the fact it's being made in Chattanooga is a overall big plus for them. And um, now, of course, they're going to use that, that same assembly line for the larger SUV that will be based on it. A big play that might have some clout with younger buyers is now that it's finally USB has USB connectivity. That was a big gripe in our uh, yep. golf tests with the, you know, proprietary dongle. They seem to be very slow at picking up on things like that. But yeah, that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Okay, so overall, I think we're favorably disposed to the Passat. Uh, we like that's the Rebel, and we're kind of split on the Silverado, but that's our, um, uh, you know, all three of those Current road test available on uh, our MotorWeek.org website if you didn't catch them on the show itself. Let's move on now to our lightning round. Our panelists have two minutes to debate or talk or discuss or throw things about trending automotive topics. And when the time's up, you'll hear the bell. Ding, 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 ding. 
Once again, Patrick forgot the bell. Well, we're up here. You got, you got a line. phone, We keep Patrick. shaking up this venue. We put it in a post, so just yeah. move, yeah, move All right. on. We'll put it. Well, you hear that, David? Put it in a post. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've had a lot of Volvos in recently. XC90, S60, X60 Cross Country, uh, V60 Cross Country, and especially with the XC90, which we just had a second time. And if you missed it this week, they just revealed the new S90 sedan, which is spectacular. Uh, has a lot of the XC90 front-end styling and technology. So here's the question with the new Chinese owners. Is Volvo back? And uh should we expect to them to uh, make a bigger deal in the marketplace? Who wants to start? Well, the X, XC90 has already made a huge impact. Sound like crazy. But, uh, I mean, it's too early to say for sure, but they're certainly on the uptrend for sure. If they price this new sedan, which is primarily probably for the Chinese market, if they price the S90 like they've done the XC90, which is unbelievably inexpensive for what you yeah. got. I mean, what, the one we just had in was fully loaded, and it was 66. And I think you, you're talking almost 80 when you look at a comparable Mercedes or a BMW. So. I, I uh, took it my dad as an X5, and I took it home. Put those two next to each other, yeah. uh, the XC90 just blows it out of the water. I mean, it's amazing, and I, I personally would much rather have an XC90 over even a current gen X5 or comparable Mercedes Benz or Q5 or. Q7 we should point out what we like about the car. It's great looking. It's loaded with technology that actually works. It drives mm-hmm. nice. It's got an extremely efficient four-cylinder turbo engine that just basically moves it along in a nice clip. I. Except for the fact that there's some con- some of the driving um, helpers like the lane keep assist that you really can't easily access. So as it drives you crazy, you have to stop in order to with take the touchscreen. Yeah, it's yeah. like it wasn't clear to me because right. you know how to take care of it on the fly. I, yeah, it, I was a learning things how to like do that. It, it, it wasn't yeah, long. It's kind of its own page right, right on the. the yeah, I realize yeah. that once you find it, but of course you get in it. Most of the cars we get in it have got a switch up on the dash that you can deactivate some of the more annoying features. Well, what a, it works well. Nearly feels like the steering wheel is being jerked out of your hand every time it comes on. But I, I liked about it was I was driving it and I said, I know this is a four cylinder and oh, yeah. it's the power is not great and it's not like a fun driver's car. But then I thought, I don't care. Most people would probably buy this segment of vehicle aren't necessarily looking for performance they want comfort room and you know to be surrounded by luxury and you get all that plus a lot more having owned a a five-cylinder turbo uh volkswagen i'm a volkswagen volvo cross country from the, the late 90s i swore i'd never ever buy one again because they get expensive after the warranty is up boy i'm ready to go write a check and this vehicle was a whole lot more responsive than that five turbo was. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I don't know. That was anyway. We uh, we hope Volvo's on the way back. We uh, certainly like what we've seen lately. Uh, we have a viewer question from Nancy. Uh, here we go. On a recent program, you devoted a good deal of time to clean the inside and outside of a car. However, we never mentioned the windows. Uh, I have a particular problem with successfully washing the inside of windows without serious streaking. I've had some success with using vinegar-based cleaners and clean rags, following a followed by a final wash with some cleaner and newspaper. Well, 
Nancy, you're a little bit of a fanatic. Uh, the same problem with streaks occurs on the inside of the rear window, but I'm reluctant to see to use the vinegar-based cleaner and newspaper due to the presence of the defrosting strips. Will it damage the strips? Do you have any advice for cleaning window glass, especially how to achieve a streak-free result? I'm not a like professional detailer or anything. I don't even play one on TV, but uh, I have pretty good luck with just any type of glass cleaner. Index. And, um, there you know, is one rag to do an initial wipe down rag. and a second rag to do the second wipe down. You're right about the uh, the strips. They're basically paint, those strips, uh, and uh, they're conductive paint. And you certainly don't want to rub them very hard or with anything that's got a grit to it. There is a Meguiar's uh, spray bottle window cleaner. Uh, I've used it very successfully. As a matter of fact, I use it around the house to, to clean countertops and things with. So I would look for a cleaner specifically made for automotive windows because that takes into account things like the window strips. But whatever you do, Brian hit it right on the head. Soft rag, uh, make sure they're clean. Uh, and uh, I... Newspaper, that was a new one on me. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, I've heard newspaper. that one before. No, I never had that great success yeah. with it. I mean, it works it, okay. But. I have good luck with a, with a spray foam cleaner and spray foam cleaner. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a glass cleaner, but it's, it's a foam based glass mm-hmm. cleaner. Um, and also, uh, if you get a lot of streaking like that, just try maybe at nighttime. It sounds like you might be trying it when you've got a high Hot cabin sun. interior or a lot a lot of sun uh, drying. Yeah, that's flat. a good point. So, Less yeah. is more with the product. If you can try it in the garage. Uh, get yeah. carried away with this stuff. Try microfiber towel, too. That sometimes that will pick up a lot of that residual uh, leave behind. Nancy, I hope that helps. Uh, we're not experts on it, but we do like to see out clean windows as much as anybody. Rant and rave time. Anyone got anything stuck in their craw this week? Mm. As silence descends upon the table. I'm waiting for John to have a rant and rave. Oh, my rant and raves are pretty, pretty mild. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I spend a lot of time going up and down 95, and I could sit here and rant and rave about driver behavior all day long. I mean, the, the lack of uh, any decorum, uh, people not understanding their cars come equipped with uh, – Turn signal indicators, uh, <laughs> riding on your bumper, thinking that it's going to make you drive faster when all it's going to do is make you drive slower. I mean, what? I guess we're not teaching anybody any kind of rules of the road anymore. But, you know, to be honest, I'm the only, oldest one at this table. Does this kind of behavior get to anybody else? You know, I only see it with – you don't see it that much with young people because I know I have a stepdaughter that's getting drilled in uh, driving classes on – on etiquette mm-hmm. and not texting and everything like that. And all our friends t- seem to be adamant about that as well. But I've noticed that the, the people that are most likely to do these things are people my age and older. I know my dad texts yeah. and drives. It blows me away. I'll be riding Your with him. Dad texts He'll whip his drive. phone out and start texting. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll get pretty nervous. I'm like, you're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah. It seems like they, you know, they've been doing driving so long that the rules don't apply. Ah. But yeah, young kids are, you know, definitely they don't get they don't get a free moment without getting <laughs> the rules accused <laughs> beat oh, into mean, them. The, the rules beat into yeah. Them. So they're yeah they're scared to. Uh, well, take that all you codgers out there like me. Start driving a little bit better. You have to remember the things you've probably already forgotten. But. Uh, just if you're out on the road today and you're listening to this or you're thinking about a trip, just drive like 
you really want to get there at the other end and, and, and don't always worry about being the first person in line. It usually doesn't make any difference because somebody else is going to pass you no matter what. I apologize to my dad if you're listening to this too. <laughs> and this will debunk that John's yeah. not my dad too. No, no, yes. Let's, let's correct that. Ben Davis and John Davis are not related except by proximity. All right, I'd like to thank our panelists today, our uh, Ben Davis, uh, Brian Robinson, Patrick Lucas. Patrick is also our podcast producer, our podcast creator, Bob Mixter, and our audio engineer today is Dave. Are you in there, Dave? Can you, can you signal? He's David waiting. Wainwright is our engineer today. He's sitting in for Jim Bigwood, who normally makes us sound uh, intelligent. David, thank you very much. Thanks, all of you, for listening to our Motor Week podcast. We hope you'll catch us on your local public television station. Uh, also catch us on the Velocity Cable channel. Be sure to look at our uh, YouTube site for all of our latest um, road tests. Wherever you go, Motor Week is there. Thanks again for We're watching and listening. To Motor Week. You have been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by TireRack.com. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch Motor Week, television's longest running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station. <laughs>